bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world-class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com. Hello and welcome to the After Things podcast. I'm Andrew Bain, joined by Brian Brushwood. Hello, beautiful people. Justin Robert Young. Hey. And Mr. Bryce Castillo. Hi, everybody. That's me. So a topic we brought up in Weird Things we want to talk about a little bit more is mentors. The idea of, I know, personally speaking, because we're talking about education and how to be able to go do stuff that we're able to do. I had several people when I was younger who I would say played the role of mentor, maybe not in a, you know, a, a was never called that, but there were people like, oh yeah, I'll give you advice, you know, come work with me. I'll, you know, you know, show you the ropes on stuff. And uh, I had my friend Rand Woodbury who helped me a lot with learning, you know, illusion, illusion building, whatever. He was an illusionist who performed on numerous cruise ships for Carnival Cruise Lines and just a great, great guy who, by the way, we're talking about the Unsolved Mysteries revival in the break. Rand was at one point close to getting his own like big network TV special, and Robert Stack was going to be signed to be the host of that. Oh, Oh, man, how have I not known about that? That would have been so dope. Yeah. Uh, So I would say Rand was a very big influence on me. A couple other magicians, uh, James Randy, you know, my dad and I met him when uh, we went to a magic shop when I was a kid and he became a friend of the family. And so Randy obviously had a big influence on me. You know, I had a teacher that Justin had too, Rick Friedman. He was just, uh, you know, he was a teacher, but just, you know, had him for several years and he was a wonderful influence on me too. So I know that a lot of my success in life came from the fact that there were people there early on who said, hey, you know, uh, I'll give you advice and I'll help you out. And I am very much a product of that. So, so how, um, to pay it forward, I have to assume that by this point, you've had people reach out to you for advice. Have you found yourself transi- transitioning into the role of mentor for o- other people? Uh, no, let me take, here. let me, let me, oh, let me no. take that one, Brian. Uh, yeah, no, Andrew, Andrew is my mentor. I mean, I think both of you guys are, uh, uh especially, I mean, considering, you guys are, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, just like you guys are like older brother level as opposed to kind of like a father level in terms of age. But uh, both of you guys, for me and Andrew specifically, and, and, you know, he mentioned doing an after school critical thinking program. Well, a sweaty, weird, you know, 15 year old Justin Robert Young was the one was one of the kids that was there. Uh, and there's there, you know. There's never been a moment, if anything, I would say both of you guys and Andrew specifically from uh, the moment that I met him in high school were constantly kind of pushing me to maybe be more, uh, more uh, uh, focused and, and, and productive than, than I would be otherwise. Yeah. You, you know, what's funny is when, when you're on the, uh, let's say the pre side of, of the game, um, it's hard to wrap your mind around why would anybody successful ever want to give attention or effort or help me? You know, who am I to them? I'm nothing, right? Um, but then but then on the post side, where it's like you have something of value to give, and, and indeed, 
you know, this entire program is, is really, you know, a, a form of mentorship to, to some folks. Um, like it's, it's hard when you're in the pre stage to conceive of why somebody would derive joy just by giving advice and telling the truth and helping you out and giving you the cheat codes for life. And, uh, as, as three posts, uh, I think, uh, I think it's fair to say, uh, because it's fun, because it makes us happy. And because the more we see you use the cheat codes, the more validated we feel that we were onto something. I mean, is, is that fair to say? Yeah. You know, I, I started, I started when I was in high school, I would go to other classrooms. It used, it started first where it was like in Brian, you probably relate to this, like, Oh, could you come do magic for my class? And I always was like, I'll do magic and critical thinking. I'm not going to go like teach them how to do magic tricks without context. And that evolved into like a critical thinking presentation that I do for psychology students. And so by my senior year of high school, I would sometimes get signed out of school to go to other schools to go do that for other classrooms. And I enjoyed it because like it's that joy of discovery, that joy of like there's this amazing thing. And my head exploded when I realized this and I want to share that with you and I want to watch your heads explode because then it's really fun. And then when you meet somebody who's really capable, you, you sort of live, you do live vicariously through somebody else's success. And I think the validation part plays part of it. You know, when I met Justin, you know, uh, I was barely out of high school, you know, but, and I don't think I was really in a position to mentor anybody to give anybody any life advice, but you know, I saw this really smart kid and I'm like, uh, He's surrounded by actually we had some good teachers in our school, but surrounded by also yeah. a lot of other nonsense sort of stuff. But I was like, I was just wanted. I'm like, I'm like, dude, you don't know how smart you are. You don't know how capable you are because all you're able to do is look at the people around you. Like you're really smart and capable, and you need to be thinking on a much bigger scale than other people do. Um, which, yeah. and I think that's an element of mentorship that is crucial is faith. And, and we yeah. all, especially if you want to walk down a creative path, faith is something that you have to manufacture in yourself, but oftentimes kind of like a, 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 you know, a spark that catches, uh, uh, to, to be a consistent flame. It helps a lot to have somebody else come out and look at you and say, Oh no, no, no. You're, you're doing things that are not what everybody else does. Like, I mean, there's a moment that I remember where I literally, it was just like a turn of phrase or something. We were walking out and it was this, the, you know, Andrew's after school thing. And, uh, it was like raining. And I said like, Oh, like whatever. We're just, uh, uh, you know, nobody here's made of sugar. We can, we can walk from the building to the car. And Andrew, like talked to me later. We were, I forget what the context was, but he's like, like that was like really funny. Like that's like something that not a lot of people say, like not a lot of people think that way. And it was like, from then on, it was like, Oh, I would never think that that was special. It would just be a thing that I say, but having some level of, of, of somebody else say, Oh no, wait, like when, when, if you think you're funny and you're judging that on just whether or not you're able to make your buddies laugh, but then you want to take that into a creative element, having somebody who I know is creative, who I know has made their living, uh, 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 creating stories and magic and stuff like that. Like to say, no, that was good. It just, it's something, I mean, again, I'm 
in my late thirties now. And I, I remember that as, as a moment, uh, as a building block, uh, to go forward. I, I, suppose- I still use that line to this day. I still use that <laughs> when it's raining. I go like, what are we made of sugar? Yeah. <laughs> you know? so, so I, I, I suppose what we're sniffing around and, and we're obviously, you know, between the four of us, we're, we're spanning, uh, two plus decades of, of age and experience and so on. But, but I, I think we're sniffing around the idea that, um, when you're the beneficiary of uh, somebody's tutelage, it's tempting to wonder why am I getting this expert advice, these cheat codes to life? Why am I? Why you know? Why is this mentor giving this to me? And and I think we're at various stages of getting old enough to realize that that uh, oh, there's gifts for the mentor as well, and it's deeply satisfying to watch somebody do the things that you suggest and then see them do well. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I, I know we're only at varying degrees of, of the beginning of that journey, but, but understand that um, if you're, if you have a mentor, the greatest gift you can give is to keep your mentor apprised of how well their advice is working out and tell the whole story because they're investing not because they expect to make money off of you, not because uh, there's anything in it for them outside of the pride and joy of the stories that you will bring back to them. So in that regard, uh, at least show up and deliver those stories is 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 what what, what I suppose I'm realizing. Yeah, I think I think it'd be part of it. I you know I. I think there's also many degrees of it. Because you ask, like, you know, what I do to this day. Like, the other thing is, like, if you ever see one of my Periscope sessions, um, it's mostly the same session every time. I get people who want to write, and they want to know, hey, you know, what, what's the secret to writing? And it's just me kind of explaining the same sort of story each time. It's not not a mentorship where I'm going to, like, hey, and send me your work, and I'll follow up with you. I, unfortunately, I don't have the time to do that. But it is, let me pass that on. And there is... In telling the story to it, can be, you can learn. If you tell somebody like this, hey, I learned this, I think I learned this, and maybe I made the wrong choice too. And that's the other part of it too, is that like uh, some of the best way to be a mentor is say like, here's a thing I did and here's what I think I learned. And not necessarily, let me tell you, because I think we all suffer from survivor's bias. And I think that's one of the problems we read biographies or autobiographies. And a lot of times people will tell you like, oh, this is the way it works. And and I get, you know, out here in Hollywood with a girlfriend that's in the business, too, is you get people all the time like, oh, this is the way you do it. I'm like, that's what worked for them. Yeah. You know, can we talk to or 20 other people did the same thing and not, it failed? N- not even what worked for them. Like, that's what they did. And they happen to still be standing like in a world where survivors. Yeah, yeah th- th- there's a substantial amount of, of, of total chaos in there. So it's just like, you know, I mean, next thing you know, you're you're making a, a, a headphones out of coconuts and trying to, you know, make a, a <laughs> airplane landing strip because that's what you saw work for someone else. You know, I think part of it is also, uh, we're all pattern recognizing creatures. And, and I think a lot of our conversation about mentorship is specifically about creative mentorship. Cause I think that's what we all sought after. That's, who we all we we consider you know ourselves people who are in the kind of creative arts on one level or another uh but part of the mystery of this field is understanding oh like what's real and what's not 
What's success and what's not? Where should I feel good about my effort at this stage in my career? Where should I be pushing harder and, and, and understanding that I'm not there yet? And that's where somebody, and specifically somebody that you trust, saying, oh, this, good. Like that, that was a, that was a, a good thing or even modeling, you know, what they are doing. And so you can have some kind of map in the wilderness is just huge. I I'll also say that too, that from some people who gave me advice, I learned as much by figuring out what not to do because yes. they say, Oh, do this, do this. And I'm making observations and going, I don't know. Cause like, I, you know, like, you know, like particularly like, Sometimes you've, I've had, you know, I've had in entertainment, you meet a lot of people like, oh, I'll give you advice and stuff like this. And you stop and you go like, do they know if they're hugely successful? Do they really know why they're successful or if things didn't take the turn they want? Do they know why? Do right. they understand why? And, and that informed a lot of what I did going forward was like, this and person was great for this, not here. On top of that, uh, uh, oftentimes people who you perceive as successful will phrase their advice and if you if you if you if you squint you can tell that what they're really doing is they're listing out all the things that they're afraid of and mm -hmm. announcing why the way they did it is the only way because otherwise and then they just list all their fears and and uh, yeah. uh and and that includes us i mean you know take everything with a grain of salt you know mhm mm the some of the the most damaging or you know the some of the worst advice I ever got and some of the most intentional tried discouragement came from somebody I looked up to a lot who just, you know, kind of like, I'm going to explain to you how it works and da, 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 same, why this same. is never going to work. Yeah. I, 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 my, my, my earliest mentor in magic turned out to uh, not have my best interests at heart. And that's, that's very yeah. difficult to, to get through. Well, this was somebody who thought they had their best interests, but they just, they just, the lessons they learned in life, they thought they understood how the world worked and they were going to tell me this sort of thing. And I'm like, I was like, and I remember, you know, just the moments where I'm like, I, I don't think you know what you're talking about. I think this is you taking some lessons the wrong way and you're telling, you're, you think you're doing me a favor, but you're not. And I'm going to do whatever I want, you know? Well, I mean, but that, that I think is... <laughs> that, that I think is, is a huge part of it. A huge part of this yeah. is, is understanding that, when you're young, all you want a mentor to be is an oracle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You want you want them to be the the, this... the, the, the quest giver. You go back to yes. town in Diablo. Now it's time for my next quest. What's my next quest? Okay, thank you. I'm three levels up. Oh, now I get to spend my skill points. Thank you, mentor. Yeah. And that's the thing is that you realize the next level beyond that is realizing, oh, in the same way that you realize that your parents were fallible when you were a kid, that your creative career as it grows up, that there's nobody that has all the answers. And the, the true way that you can honor those that have helped you, the true way that you can continue to grow is to understand that there is a line between, uh, there's, there's a line between getting instructions and, taking somebody's advice that you trust. And, and part of that is that sometimes you're going to realize that that advice ain't for you and you're just going to pitch it. When I was a kid, I we lived in Oregon, I lived in a town called Portland. I don't know if you guys have heard about it. It's not in the news. And uh, I got into this program. It was called Saturday Academy. And it was like, you know, 
for you know really nerdy kids with a lot of spirit who probably weren't doing sports on Saturday. And what it was is they would pair up like three or four kids with like a mentor to teach you skills and stuff. And I was too young, but they put me in. I got to take an electronics class. And the guy that taught it was brilliant. It was a brilliant thing. We actually met in like a empty storefront. You know, it probably now in retrospect, because it just sounds as a kid, you just accept these things. This doesn't sound shady at all. It dropped me off. There'd be tables and stuff there. We'd work on stuff. We learned how to we learned how to make, you know, our own, how to build our own, you know, turn charcoal, make them resistors and microphones and a lot of like chemistry and electronics and how to just build a lot of kind of stuff. And the guy who taught it was this really brilliant guy who had like a degree in electrical engineering, like a law degree, whatever. He played, you know. He laid the trumpet at the you know, ice cream and pizza parlor or whatever. And he was a really neat guy. But my father would drop me off there and was always worried because he saw the guy's station wagon, which was just loaded with crap. And my dad was pretty sure the guy was living out of his car. You know, and my dad's biggest fear, he'd say this day, was that I would turn out like that guy. He thought the guy was amazing. But he's like, my, my dad's fear was this guy was very, was brilliant but completely unfocused. He was a great guy to learn electrochemistry from because he just knew his stuff as a life mentor, as a goal. I just remember my dad was just like, I hope Andrew doesn't think this is what he well, wants to so, be. So I hope Andrew's. That's actually a really good question. Like uh, a rule of thumb, what, what should you look for when it comes to giving your trust to a mentor? Like uh, uh, what, what, what um, for me, in my experience uh, with mentors that worked out and those that did not is um, consistency and trust. Like uh, uh, the first time a mentor says a thing and then does something contrary to it, you squint. And the second time yeah. uh, you, you should back away slowly. And, and it took me a while years to realize like, Oh wait, not everybody is uh, as honest and consistent as you would like them to be. When it, I mean, it comes down to two like like skills versus life experience. I would say that as a as a person who's been a mentor, I'm good at skills, but I'm not going to be a good life coach by example. Because I mean, I've been very lucky things, where I'm, but I'm an odd guy, you know. And so I would certainly say that 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 comes into play as. Why am I there? This guy was great for electrochemistry, probably not very good for planning a career. And I've had people who think that like, oh, you know, I've had you know, one like, you know, one person like, ah, you don't need college kind of thing, which, but, and that was where I had to add the yes, but you need to do a thing. You can't just say, yeah. you know, you know, no college, no this, whatever. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I think that it's like, it's certainly you've got to identify like, what are they good at? Do they know what they're good at? And often they don't know. They don't really know. Um, but, you know, it's it's challenging, you know, and I think that's that's the thing, too, is like I'm wary of people who kind of put themselves out there as like life coaches and mentors and stuff like this, because I they all seem to fit the same sort of psychological profile. And, you know, yeah, I mean, look. Here's what I would say when it comes to like, Brian, you realizing that a mentor might not be there to just give you advice was probably massive in terms of forming who you are like, and this kind of goes back to the college thing. Uh, finding out that this is not what you thought it was 
insanely valuable lessons, insanely valuable lessons that you can be learning. And, and more specifically, when it comes to important stuff, like what you want to do with your future, more importantly, when it comes to stuff about mentors, like I, I would encourage people, number one, what do I look for in a mentor? Uh, interest. If somebody has an interest in what you are doing and an interest in your skills and talent, and be it that you're reaching out to them or they've reached out to you, like if they have attention on you, that's good. From then, it is now, congratulations, it's now your job to figure out whether or not they're a good mentor. So I have a, a side note to that, though. When I was a kid magician, there was a guy in the magic community who was a, a school show performer. And uh, I had gone and performed at some magic. Com- I entered the adult division in you know, some magic competition. And afterwards, he was giving me some advice. My dad was with me there and he gave me this book he wrote and whatnot. He was like a really cool guy. Everybody loved this guy. I said, this guy, he's a really great guy. You know, he goes around, does these school shows around the country and was a very well-respected guy. And he, there was something, and I, I didn't have enough experience to try to, to figure out what was going on at the time, but there was something just a little bit odd kind of thing. He's like, oh, yeah, there's this you know, magic convention coming up. You should come hang out. You know, we have, we have sleeping bags in the basement, all this sort of stuff. And and I'm like, again, like, you know, my my spidey sense is tingling a little bit like uh, eh, this, this guy really likes to hang around. He really wants to hang out with me. And, and you know, he's married, has a kid. He's active in the Christian magic community and whatnot. But I just, I'm like, ah, oh, you know, it's cool. And then, he you know, he did a favor for me later on, you know, with, you know, helping me get uh, an opportunity, which was great. And then I never took him up on that. And then the allegations started. Oh, and then, you man. know, he turned out that he was a guy that was... I'm so sad uh, that I knew how this story ended, like, by the third yeah. sentence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and so this guy, it just, all of a sudden, I'm like, well, it makes sense. Yeah, now it makes sense. And, and more sinister stuff like this, and I think he eventually died or took his life or whatever, and, like, it was just... And that was the thing I learned in the magic community, was, like, there are there are people who offer themselves up to be mentor to you, and you need to, in any community, watch the f out. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's the, yeah. I'm Especially saying when you're team, in magic. Yeah, and I would, but I mean, the thing is, we say in magic, but I'm telling you, like, I was also in, I was also in, uh, when I was in high school, I was actually acting in like you know professional acting troops and stuff like this too, and I met. In the drama department, I, I met, and I, I mean, I met in where it was normal. I mean, I met people there, like, oh, young man, I'd love to give you advice and stuff. And I'm like, man. and I had, you know, one of one of the people who gave me advice was actually was this uh, this guy uh, uh, who was a had been a costumer in Vegas and whatnot. And he was a cool guy, never did anything untoward to me, whatever. But he was, you know, was very very gay very very much you know he would judge like uh, drag queen shows on friday nights and stuff and whatnot and i'd go visit his workshop just had a lot of stories but he would be the one to tell me like yeah that guy that came up to you after your show and told you you know like oh you should come hang out like yeah he's and he was pointing this out to me i'm like i had no idea you know i'm like yep that's that's the world kid and yeah i mean it's uh man uh uh it's it's a rough world man <laughs> it's yeah. a rough rough world so i would say if you're a young person uh and somebody uh, uh, you know is uh very you know sometimes pay attention to why yeah why are they keep trying to eye, offer this to keep an eye open uh that's 
you know, but again, that's going to be a lesson. Is this a yeah. good or a bad mentor? And trust yeah, that's your what, gut. And it's one excuse. Like, I get people ask me for advice, and I kind of like, just ask me on Twitter. Not DM me. Ask me publicly on Twitter. You know, let me do this. I'm going to hop on a Periscope and, you know, talk to you because I don't want things getting weird. Because I've had things get weird before where people are like, oh, I need some advice. And next thing you know, they're asking me about advice. Like, what makes you think I'm qualified to tell you about this part of your life? Yeah. So, picks. Jeez, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, so Bryce had mentioned uh, Twilight Zone coming back uh, on CBS All Access. There's another reboot uh, that I just watched the first episode of, and that is Netflix's reboot of Unsolved Mysteries. Um, I remember Unsolved Mysteries from when I was a kid. You can You can very obviously tell why a reboot of this would be something that is uh, uh, interesting because of the boom in nonfiction and murder mysteries specifically. I, I have to say it was compelling the first episode, but they don't have a host. And Robert Stack to me was so much of the aesthetic of unsolved mysteries. And I guess they didn't go with a host. They have like a little flash of Robert stack at the very end of the theme to pay homage to the fact that he is so, so important to the brand. But the idea of the overdramatic host is something that I, I don't think would have taken away from the seriousness of some of these crimes. The point of the host at the end was to have a human face to wrap around and say, if you or anyone you know has any information on this unsolved case, please call whatever the number was. And, and now it's a website or whatever. But man, do I think you could have had a host and it could have been it could have just taken it to that next level. Although I, I can see where you don't want to mix the camp that unsolved mysteries had with the idea that now we're we're in such a world where making a murderer and you know the the hbo doc about the golden state killer these are so serious and we're so interconnected that maybe it would look weird but boy did i want it so mario lopez is your host i mean you would you would have to do another kind of grizzled character no but i I take uh um jay jonah jameson or someone. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Simmons. That, J.K. That Simmons. Yeah. J.K. Simmons. You'd have like him. I feel like he could bring. Yeah, maybe he could. Up, he, he could pull that off. Yeah, yeah, he could. He could just be like, like our story today is uh, a, a man who who uh, his wife will never see him again because of the events that happened on that fateful afternoon. And then at the end, just like if you or anyone, you know, has any information on this, please go to the following website. Like, I feel like you could do it. But they didn't, and and I liked it. It was good. It, it felt a little generic, samey, samey to some of the other shows. Even as Stephen Lang, Stephen Lang, Stephen oh, Merchant, bad guy, bad guy Avatar. Oh God, yeah. Oh, he'd no, be great. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Go <laughs> any any kind of grizzled character actor where you where you buy them as a as as a badass or somebody. Who would Who's solve some these stuff. mysteries? Yeah. yeah. If you, I just need to believe that they would solve the mystery. If, if they, you if, gave if they them, they only had twenty more minutes. But 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 doggone it, don't you know they're too busy being awesome? Exactly. I, I and oh man, I I kind of wanted it, but there we go. 
Did I ever, did they think, I'll tell you the amazing thing about Stephen Lang, remember, speaking of mysteries, remember the movie uh, Manhunter, the Michael Mann version of the Hannibal Lecter story? Uh, if you go look oh, up yeah. Stephen Lang, Manhunter, the guy, he, play, he played the Weasley tabloid retort reporter in there. Oh. And he's this doughy looking doofus guy. <laughs> and then you go see an avatar and like, you know, 30 years later, he's this grizzled He-Man of a kind of guy. It's just this amazing transformation. That's um, amazing. But so, yeah, Stephen Lang now. Yes, not Stephen Lang. Wow, holy crap. He did. He dropped a ton of weight. Yeah. Uh, I think I think we watched Greyhound. No, we did watch it a week ago. Never mind. So I probably yes. already mentioned Greyhound. You did. Uh, I've watched it again since then. Very good. It is good. Uh, I, I, so, I, so I'll double down on that. Yeah. Yeah. Great grand again. Oh, it's on uh, Apple TV Plus. Uh, the Tom Hanks Navy movie. I got a. I got a pick. Also short because it's not not exactly a deep mystery. But uh, they they the Selling Sunset is back on Netflix. It's a reality type show uh, where it's like real estate agents. Uh, and so it's kind of got that like Bravo mix of genres, right? Of like, well, there's like kind of women being catty to each other, which is one pillar. And then also real estate, uh, you know, home improvement, just, you know, look, Fix look at the ups, big yeah. pretty houses, um, and both the renovation side and just the showy off side and just like the opulence element, right? There's always like, Oh, the $75 million home. That's a, that's a $1 million commission. You know, there's there's a lot of undercurrents yeah. of that stuff, but uh, I'll tell you what, it's fine, it's good, it's it's like one of those shows, and um, it's it's interesting. I don't know. There's there's not too much I can I say about. Like, it. I want to hear I want to hear a podcast where Bryce only reviews reality television, and the and the title is it's like one of those shows. <laughs> well, I I I don't. There's 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 no point in getting into the details here because no one's gonna. No, none of you guys are gonna. Care. Let me guess. Like, ah, oh, the house like really gross, but then they spent some money, and then it looks so good, and the value it went up. Ah, oh, yeah, they hey. sold it at oh, the okay. end. No, so you're right. Oh no, yeah. you're right. No, you got it. No, I'm familiar. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But but this is the twist and the turn is that there's winners and losers in this squad. I assume, and so if it's. If it's one person selling it, then it's not another person, or one person's doing there's, good and somebody's not doing as well. And there's like, you know, they're gonna be there's, mean. There, there's only been one storyline of that where where someone's listing has kind of been, you know, co-opted by somebody else. But part of it is like this is a big advertisement for this real estate group, and so there's really not a lot of uh, of. Uh, uh, reason to show any of the negatives other than personal drama between the oh people. no 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 you know, no that's what i'm talking about is it's not whether or not they're professional of course they're always going to be professional but they uh, might be bitchy to each other and they might be like like boom i sold a house what'd you sell today like screw you ted yeah so. i like i like how netflix when they first started like the you know house of cards like ah oh, it's great kevin space it's a great choice because he's not gonna other controversy will happen with him but like no. cool drama, stuff like this, and then you know, some Netflix movies, and then now it's a lot of like, oh, our knockoff of American Ninja Warrior. Oh, our knockoff of Property Brothers. Oh, we're gonna bring yeah. a queer eye for this rig. It's like it's like, ah, 
okay. I mean, cool. that's Netflix's whole thing is to be something for all people, right? And so you have to have Selling Sunset and House of Cards on, you know, because both of those people subscribe oh, I, to Netflix. Yeah, um, and it's so cheap to produce that content. I get it, but it's just sort of funny that it's like most of the stuff is like they're of their reality stuff. It's all a knockoff of something else. It's like almost all feels like, nah, I'm, I'm sure not sure. But I mean, there is. I mean, but, but a, I, I guess so. But then you look at, I don't know. I look at like other reality TV shows that have already been done. Like I like the Real Housewives. All of their shows are knockoffs of each other, even though they have their own differences yeah, yeah. and uh, or any oh, of the. Yeah. Like it's it's already an incestuous sort of genre. Oh, I, I agree. Uh, I would just say like you have this blank canvas and I guess they have done some more experimental because I think, yes, you have a blank canvas and I understand doing things like the other things are great, but it's also like you can do anything. Yeah. You can do anything. I was, I was actually they, a few, maybe a year or two ago, they had a similar kind of reality docudrama, um, but it took place in Mexico city. It was like a bunch of affluent uh, Mexican like so, so, socialites. And I, I thought that was really kind of interesting and, and, uh, a uh, 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 you know shows off how international a lot of Netflix productions look, and I kind of had hoped that there would be more of that sort of thing. I guess you kind of have it with like Indian Matchmaker, which just came out. Um, uh, it's, yeah, it's that's that's exciting because like you know a movie like Crazy Retration comes out and does really well, and 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 Hollywood's like, oh, we didn't know that people wanted to see people of diverse backgrounds. Like, no, yeah, no, we love that, actually. <laughs> we we do like to see how people around the world live and to see these things, to see what's different and the same. Can yeah. can, can I throw out, just, uh, just as a, uh, we could talk as much or as little about this as you guys like, but holy cow, they're advertising The Boys Season 2 a full month before that show comes back on the air. Like, that I don't feel like we've seen that a lot lately. Like uh, it doesn't come back until September fourth, and I've already been seeing ads nonstop all over the place on Amazon. I, I, I think I think that's Amazon. Amazon has like a few uh, tentpole series. I think the uh, the 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 Jack Ryan one, uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is another, and The Boys was such a hit that now that's their play for the stranger things demo. And I think like stranger, like Netflix, you know, totally saturated. Like they advertise stranger things, like it's a movie. Um, so I would, I, I think that they're following that playbook. It's like when you have the big thing, the event series, yeah. Saturate the ads. But I do think that, uh, yeah, that this is a new thing. This, I mean, like this, this didn't happen in the exact same way as, uh, it would have before. Although then again, things are really competitive now. There's a lot of, uh, I'm sure for an Amazon specifically, when Prime Video is a benefit of Prime, and you're thinking <laughs> about whether or service. not, yeah, <laughs> whether or not you're going to re up Prime, then it's like, oh, the boys are coming back. Yeah, here's your hundred and thirty dollars. Well, and like think about how that compares to uh, cable or network TV, right? Like when there's a false slate, you're going to hear about that for months for the entire yeah. season beforehand. You know, um, like, and I think a month is not like I, when I think of like when I look at trailers for Netflix and stuff. About a month, two to two to six weeks, I guess, is usually uh, the time between the trailer dropping and the the day it's going to release. But the boys getting all of the time in between filled with 
advertisements pushing the trailer and stuff but that makes sense it's the, yeah like justin said it's the big show two, uh, two to two to six weeks feels to me like appropriate for a, a, a cinematic release i guess i'm just a bit surprised to see it with a add-on to a shipping service i think that's the part that is causing me to go you well, they want no, you to stop they, thinking that. They, they yeah, need you to stop yeah. thinking that as soon as yeah, possible. Exactly. Yeah. No, they want you to think, oh, could the boys get an Emmy? Right. Like, could the boys, you know, uh, uh, should we be considering Carl Urban for for an Emmy? Because this is this is uh, uh, just as much art as Game of Thrones or Stranger Things. I was in the offices of Lionsgate, like after like the first season when the Emmy the uh, the Emmys came out for Mad Men yeah. and it was, there were cupcakes everywhere throughout the building. It was like this huge, huge, huge celebration for a show that its viewership never matched the critical praise, but it was that you enter. So you see like internally and how I, I had a friend that was going to go, was going to go pitch Amazon, a show to Amazon prime. And it was a kid's show. And he's like, Oh yeah. And I'm going to do this. And uh, we could feature like a book or something from the other Amazon, you know, the Amazon sells or something like that. And I'm like, like, don't like, don't do that. And this guy was an experienced Hollywood guy. He had showrunner and all that. He's like, oh, I think I'm like, no, like they don't they don't see themselves as, you know, their job to push Amazon merchandise. They see themselves as a brand. I'm like and I kept telling him, like. Don't do that. It will actually go the opposite direction because they think of themselves like any other creative, like they're trying to create quality shows, their own thing. There is not this synergy between them that you would imagine there would be. It's like, ah. He goes in and talked to him a couple of weeks later. How the pitch goes? He goes, you know, I brought up my idea that we could do this thing where we could pitch some book or some other thing that they had, and it didn't really, didn't really into that. And I'm like, yeah, good answer. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is, you know, it's very separate, but like, yeah, like once, once Netflix had stranger things, like Justin said, like that became everything. It became, you know, the stranger things channel kind of thing. And then, you know, that boys was such a delightful hit for them that, you know, when you have that win, it becomes a big thing to put on the marquee. And particularly because for Amazon, they with Marvelous Ms. Mizell, they were hitting strong with, with the female demographic, but for the male, trying to find like Jack Ryan was sort of a shot at that. I don't know if it ever caught on as a big way, but like the boys, maybe man in the high castle as well, or that just yeah, tapered but, but even, off. And that was, yeah, I think that was, that was their first shot at it. And then, yeah, I think Jack Ryan was part of it, but I think that even skews a little older. Uh, the boys was like, no curse words and, uh, uh, violence and superheroes doing gross stuff that is 13 to 45 like that's that's yeah. exactly who they want yeah i and i'm like the jack ryan just felt so un tom clancy to me i couldn't get into it you know, that yeah was, and even then i think jack ryan's also like kind of golf golf people golf people like to talk about <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh did you have so a pick? yeah i do gentlemen i am here to praise paper and notebooks i i use a lot of these notebooks but you know what i realized i didn't finish these things i often would leave these things i'd start writing outlines for stories and stuff and 100 200 pages is a lot it's intimidating and i like to have a project per book so what i've started doing now is i buy these they're called like their travel journals and so they're a smaller format they're you know roughly kind of like you know half the size 
And you can pick up like a bunch of these, like a buck a piece or whatever. I use these now for projects and I keep a bunch of these around and it's super, super, super helpful to like have these sort of little notebooks. So um, yeah, actually those were the first ones I think I bought. And then I found another brand that gave you like 12 for like 15 bucks or whatever. Um, so just take a look around at like travel journals, whatever, or Amazon, wherever you want. If you're looking for, if you have to go through projects like outlining books or stories or business ideas or make notes on stuff, these things are great. They're cheap and it's just less intimidating than a bigger notebook you'll never fill up. Nice. Right on. Gentlemen, it's been after. The Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program.